John chapter number 7 in our Bibles. Notice there verse number 10. The Bible says, But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said he is a good man, others said nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Father, I pray this morning that you would uh, use your word to help us define our walk with you. Lord, I pray that we would look at Christ's life, and I pray that we would strive to mirror that. Lord, use your word, I pray, in a powerful way, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you go through the life of Jesus Christ, there's no doubt about it that he was an individual and a man of God and a preacher and the Messiah who clearly defined his direction. On Thursday, my wife and I were, uh, were out on a date Thursday night, and uh, most of you know I enjoy sports a little bit. And uh, the only time I enjoy the NBA is uh, during the finals when the Celtics are in it. And if they're not in it, then no big deal. We can go to sleep. But I love the week before the draft. Really, the whole season is boring, and you can sleep on it. But I love the NBA draft. Thursday night was the big draft. And the Celtics were picking number three, and my wife was engaging me in a wonderful conversation. And all the while, right there on, in, in, in my view, is the ESPN uh, news with the draft taking place. And let me be honest with you, I was engaged in conversation, it was a wonderful date, but boy, I wanted to go home and see what the Celtics did on that with their pick, you know, and I was engaged also with the draft. You know, it was interesting as I watched the draft and watched the different trades that were made, uh, it was easy to pick out the teams that were focused on their direction. Uh, the, if you know anything about basketball, you know that the Golden State Warriors won the, the championship this past year. And uh, they've been to the championship, I believe, in the last three years, won two of three. And, uh, boy, they've got a great uh, great shooting team. They've got Kevin Durant, and they've got Steph Curry, and, and guys that are tremendous with scoring. And there's no doubt about it in the NBA circles that the Golden State Warriors have set the direction, and they've set the tone for the direction most teams are trying to follow. And if you were to go to the Warriors and you were to say, what's your direction, what's your focus, there would be a clearly defined, this is where we are going. However, if you were to watch the NBA draft, you would walk away from the New York Knicks and you would shake your head saying, man, they are a mess. Phil Jackson has no clue what he's doing right now. and He's still stuck on the triangle offense that worked back in the Bulls days with Michael Jordan. He has failed to update to the three-point shooting that ought to be taking place. And, and that is a club and that is a team that is in disarray and there is very little direction. Let me say when it comes to our church... And when it comes to our ministries and when it comes to our lives, there has got to be a clear direction. This is our purpose. This is where we are going. I love what Paul said. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are before, I press 
toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You say, Mr. Paul, what's your purpose? Where are you going? What's your direction? Paul says, I'm aiming to please God and I'm following the Savior. Hey, Jesus said it this way. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Throughout the Lord Jesus Christ's life, whether it was in his birth, whether it was at 12 years old in the temple, or at the baptism of John the Baptist, where his public ministry was put on full display for three and a half plus years, it's been very clear that Jesus Christ, his focus is going to the cross to pay for our sins in his own body on the tree. There was a purpose and there was a focus in everything that he did. And I want you to see today, this morning, that as a church and as believers, we must have a defined ministry. You know, most small businesses struggle and most of them fail because they fail to identify their market. They fail to identify this is the direction that we are going. Let me say, if you start a small business and you're into making snowboards, listen, don't get into the hot sauce business at the same time, all right? If you're into making, uh, into makeup and that's what you're selling, then, uh, man, don't go and make bandanas, all right? Define your market, stay focused on your market, stay focused on your task, and more than likely, if you're focused, you'll be a success. The Lord Jesus Christ, he was focused on the task that God had called him to. Uh, in John chapter number 7, we looked at last week how uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles was taking place. And the Jewish law in the Old Testament, God required that the Jewish males three times a year would uh, go to Jerusalem. They would go and they would worship uh, at this required feast. There was a Passover and there was a Pentecost feast. And, and then there was a Feast of Tabernacles or, or booths. And, and, uh, and, and the, the Bible says that the family was getting ready to go. And then they were traveling as a caravan. They were going to leave their hometown. And they were going to say goodbye to Mama. And then they were going to get on that vehicle and they were going to go to Jerusalem and worship. And they said to Jesus, are you going to come with us? Are you going to join the caravan? And when you get up there, are you going to promote yourself and show everybody exactly who you are? And Jesus said to his brother, and he said, Guys, let me just remind you of this reality that it's not my time yet. It's not my time to go and, and reveal to the world that I'm the Messiah. It's not the Father's will yet. You guys go, and then I'll go later on. So his brother leave, and they go. And then Jesus comes later on. I want you to see in the defined ministry of our Lord. And these next few weeks, we're going to look at some different characteristics of our Lord when it came to his purpose and it came to his focus. But notice the thing this morning I want you to hone in on, that Jesus, uh, as he defined his ministry and he defined his purpose, it, it was a ministry that was defined by humility. It was a ministry that was defined by humility. You know, I think I mentioned last week, if Jesus were alive today, we would treat him, uh, and more, you know, more than likely we would, we would expect him as a young child to be preaching, right? We, he would be the YouTube sensation. He'd have his YouTube channel. He would be the one that would be on the talk show host. And Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and the Fox News group, boy, they'd be talking about this kid, right? From a young age, he would be uh, teaching in the seminaries. He would be teaching in the colleges. He would be an individual that would be respected and followed. And that was not the case for the Savior. For 30 years, 30, 30 years of his life, really it's lived in obscurity. As a carpenter, doing the, the task that his earthly father had asked of him. Just going through and being faithful to God. And finally, the last three and a half years of his life, boom, he's on full display. But what's it followed by? The Savior's life was all about humility 
I love what Jesus said there in in, uh, in, in verse number 10, but when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. What was Jesus doing? Hey, he wasn't out there proclaiming his greatness. He wasn't out there saying, hey, look at me. I want all the attention to be upon me. No, Jesus was willing to go with a humble spirit. By the way, his teaching and his philosophy and his ministry was completely the opposite of that of the Jewish religious system of that day. Remember, the religious rulers, they were all about themselves. They were full of pride. They were full of arrogancy. They were full of, hey, look at who we are. And that was not the case for the Savior. It says in Isaiah 53, Who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow before them as a tender plant, as a root as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no former comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. He was despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Hey, Jesus should have been uh, somebody that was worshipped when he came on the scenes, but instead... He came with humility and many rejected him because they had an issue with the messages that he was preaching. But Christ had to define ministries. His ministry was summarized with that simple statement of humility. He, it was not about himself. Jesus demonstrated an attitude that must be in our lives as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. James, a servant of God. Paul, a servant of God. Jude, a servant of the Savior. Jesus Christ was humble. And you and I need to be humble in our day-to-day -day life. I think about the religious crowd of the day, how they prayed and fasted in public so others would see how spiritual they were. Remember, that was the attitude of the day. The priests, what would they do? What would the, the Levites, what would the, what would the Pharisees do? Boy, they would, they would get on their robes, right? They would anoint their faces with ash. And, and boy, they'd go out on the streets and everybody knew that the spiritual gurus were fasting. Everybody knew that this teacher, boy, he was not eating today. And, and there he was on the street corner. And he was lifting up his voice so everybody could hear him. Hey, what were they doing? They were looking for the praise of men. Instead of being tuned in to the praise of God, they prayed and fasted in public so others could see how spiritual they were. Let me just say this morning, you don't have to tell people how spiritual you are. And people come along and they're like, well, let me tell you about how spiritual I am. Let me tell you about the deeper things that I've learned. Let me tell you about myself. Jesus didn't come on the scene saying, hey, look at me, look at this to me. No, he came with humility. He came with a servant's attitude. He came with the message of the word of God. You don't have to jockey for position of power. You can just come and love Jesus and it will be evident to all. The religious crowd, they prayed and fasted in public. Not only that, they loved the uppermost seats. That was a position of power. They wanted to be seen by all. Let me say, I'm leery of preachers today. I'm leery of Christians today that are all about their Facebook posts, videos, and blogs. I'm tired of people that try to lift up themselves saying, look at how spiritual we are. Look at all that we're doing. What's Christ looking for? He's looking for meek and lowly servants just willing to get the job done for the Savior. Last week, Brother Bussy and I were talking at lunch and uh, talking about some uh, different men that, that had helped different ministries. Brother Bussy and I started talking about this individual who's helped uh, fund three different colleges getting going. And a man that is well respected in the, in the Christian realm of colleges and circles. And to Brother Busty, I asked him, I said, man, I said, do you uh, get together with him? He said, you know, Steve, he said, I have a hard time getting around this guy. He says, because wherever I am with him, he's always telling people how much he's given. He's like, man, I gave uh, 500000 here, I gave a million here, I gave this here, I gave that here. And he says, whether you're just a common preacher or a nobody in the church, everybody has to know all the gifts that he's given. And Brother Busty told me, and I loved his attitude, he said, Steve, he said, I don't care if anybody knows what I give. 
He said, I give to the Lord because I'm giving to Him. I'm not giving for the pat on the back. And you know that ought to be our attitude when it comes to service. I don't care what people think. I don't care how many pats I get on the back. I'm just going to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus did not go up openly, but he did it as in secret. Why? Because he went with humility. It's, I, think about, I think about the religious crowd of the day. Man, they prayed and fasted in public. They loved the uppermost seats, the position of power. They loved the titles of rabbi instead of servant. They loved the people patting on the back saying, Dr. Reverend so-and-so, instead of just a servant of the Savior. I was at a... Uh, well-known college back a few years ago, Pastor Skelly called me up. I was in Florida. He said, I want you to fly up to this college with me. He said, I'm preaching this youth conference. And he said, there should be about three, 4,000 kids there. I want you to come with me. I thought, man, this is going to be awesome. I heard about the college and heard about all the different ministries of this place. And so I got on a plane, flew up, met up with Pastor. And, uh, and for about 24 hours, I was at this college. And uh, let me just say something. I was, I was not very impressed with the teachers. Uh, I ate with Pastor, and there was a bunch of the teachers there, and a bunch of the staff was there at the dinner, and there was, I think, three tables were all sitting there, and I'm a no-name, you know, kid, right, with my pastor, and I remember we're talking, I'm trying to meet these guys, I'm trying to shake hands, I've heard about many of their ministries, and, and uh, they're just looking at me like, who in the world are you? I'm just like, man, I just want to meet you, I want to shake your hand, I want, I want to, you know, to, to get to know you. And uh, I, I got the cold shoulder with a lot of them. I was impressed, however, with the pastor. The previous pastor uh, was immoral and, and uh, spending some jail time now because of what he did and uh, just out of the ministry. But their new pastor, I was very impressed with him. I, I went up, shook his hand, I introduced myself, and probably for about 20 minutes his pastor spent time with me. He wasn't interested in all the other guys. He was focused on me. Steve, tell me about your ministry. What's God doing in your life? I know your brother. Your brother was a friend of my son's. And, and we talked and talked for a while. And, uh, and he told me, he said, Steve, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know. Well, we went after the service. After the, about four hours later, I'm getting together with my pastor. We're getting ready to leave. And there's a pastor still shaking hands, still hanging out with everybody. And I went up, shook his hand. I said, preacher, it was good to meet you. He said, Steve, he said, if I, if I ever can do anything for you, you call me, let me know. You know, I looked at this pastor of a church of three, four, five thousand people, and I saw a pastor that was full of humility. Not a pastor with a big name, with a big agenda, with a big pat me on the back, call me Dr. Reverend so-and-so. No, there was an attitude of servitude. And the Lord Jesus Christ had that attitude. Wherever he went, whatever he did, his, his, his brand, his ministry was defined by that of humility. There was a clear direction. I'm here to serve. Saved to serve. I'm not saved or here to have everybody pat me on the back. But no, I'm here to do the will of God. I wonder this morning, are you an individual that is focused on service? Are you focused on humility? Are you an individual that is focused upon what people think about you? I think about there in the book of 3 John, Diotrephes was a man who loved to have the preeminency. He was not an individual that was surrendered to the ministry of John the Apostle. He was not willing to submit to the teaching of the Word of God. But no, it was all about me. It was all about me and my position and my power. And the Lord Jesus Christ steps on the scene and He says, I'm not following the tradition of the day. I'm not going to follow what the religious leaders are doing. But instead, I'm going to walk and be full of humility. He was an individual that was humble. I think about the religious movement of the day. Man, so many people are, it's all about them. It's all about this name recognition. And yet we're failing to follow the example of Christ. What was Jesus all about? It says in Matthew 11, verse 29, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, 
and ye shall find rest for your souls. Mark 9, verse 35, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. John 13, 14, If I then your Master and Lord have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Ephesians 4, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, in all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. Philippians 2, verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Proverbs 11, verse 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. 1 Peter 3, verse 4, Even an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. James 4, verse 10, We're to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Colossians 3, verse 12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. 1 Peter 5, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You see, you go throughout the scriptures, and what do you find with the Savior? You find his humility. What do you find in the life of Paul, and Peter, and John, and Jude, and James? You don't find them walking around saying, hey, I'm the chief apostle. I'm the guy that you need to come and listen to and hear speak. But no, they went with a servant spirit. And as Jesus goes to the feast, he does not go in with the publicity. He does not go with the trumpets blaring. He does not go with the media following him behind him saying what a great man you are, what a great teacher you are. But no, he went secretly hey, because he was an individual that defined his ministry with humility. Can I ask you this morning? Are you following in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ? Are you an individual that is following that example of a humble, submissive servant? The example of the Savior. He did not seek the spotlight, but instead he helped those that could do zero for him. You know, so many times we have the attitude, well, I'll do, so, I'll do this if I get something back, right? I'll help this person if, if maybe I'll get a kickback later on, right? That's not what Jesus did. Let me say the blind man, blind Bartimaeus, couldn't do anything for Jesus. The crippled man laying by the, by the pool of Bethesda, I mean, he couldn't do anything for Jesus. Hey, that couple that, that ran out of the wine there in John chapter number 2, man, they were toast without the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, they were, they, they, they were in a dire situation. Mary and Martha, when Lazarus passed away, they could do nothing for the Savior. You say, what are you saying this morning? I'm saying Jesus Christ was willing to be a servant and help those that could not help him. He was willing to be a true example for us. I wonder this morning, are you following that example of the Savior? You say, Pastor, how, how do I have a humble spirit like Jesus did? How can I be an individual that, like the Lord Jesus Christ, has a defined ministry and a defined life by that of simply serving one another? What are some examples that we find in the Word of God? I, I think about there in First King or Second Kings, chapter number five. Remember, the Israelites have been taken captive. Naaman, captain, the host of the king of Syria, was a mighty man of valor, but the Bible says he was a leper. Remember, there was that little maid that was from Israel that was taken captive, and there she was, a servant to Naaman's wife. What was that little servant doing? That little servant, unnamed girl, was an individual that was willing to be faithful in the little things. She was willing to be faithful in her job. She was willing to look out for the needs of others. And let me encourage you, by way of example, by way of practical application, how, how can we have a humble spirit? Man, look for those that are hurting. I think about this week, a prime example of 
of Miss Vera going home to be with the Lord. And boy, there was a family that was hurting. A family that was struggling. A family that had just lost a mom. That had just lost a sister. That had just lost an aunt. That had just lost a friend. You know, there, there, there are those that are hurting, whether it's on the workplace. Whether it's at the neighbor's. Whatever it may be, there are people that need our care. And this little girl was faithful in the little things and she was concerned about the health of somebody else. Man, spend some time, be concerned about others. I think about, I love Miss Janice, she tells us when you go to the hospital sometimes. Boy, you're delivering one of those gift baskets. And the hospital most times is a sad place, not a happy place. And boy, you drop off a gift basket. I love how you say, boy, you know, sometimes I'll pray with people. And uh, that's looking at other people's needs. And, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't go to the rich people and say, hey, I'll do something for you. You kick back in my ministry and make my bank account grow bigger. But no, he was willing to help out those that were lowly. I think about the deacons there in the book of Acts. What did they do? They waited on tables. The deacons weren't like, hey, let me be the keynote speaker. Let me be the Sunday school teacher. Let me be the guy that sings the solo in the choir. But no, they were willing to just wait on tables. Willing to be a servant. I wonder, are you willing to wait on tables? You say, how do I do that, Pastor? Hey, find somebody that needs help. Find somebody that has a need. Find somebody that's, that, that boy, is just struggling and be that individual that, that is a help them. By the way, the, the example, I think about our neighbors. You know, we live in a day and time. I was talking to, um, I was talking to somebody this week about how, I was talking to our neighbor right across the street um, just a, a couple days ago. He's out walking. And uh, we were just talking about how things have changed in a great way in Huntsville. I've been here for a year and a half, so I can tell you all that's changed, right? But uh, he's been here since, you know, there was like 25,000 people here. He saw, he said, I saw the town grow up before my eyes. And uh, he said, you know, Pastor, he said, uh, before the, they invented air conditioning, he said, man, our neighborhood was all about community. He said, you knew everybody, you knew everybody's business, they knew all your business. And, uh, and, and at night, you would all sit out on the porch. And you hang out and you talk. He said, now you know what we do? We go into our air-conditioned cars and get out in our garages and go into our air-conditioned houses and sit in front of our television and we have no interaction with each other. He said, he said I miss those good old days. You know, as I, as I listened to that, I thought, you know what, man, my neighbors, boy, what am I doing to reach out to them? What am I doing to reach them for Christ? I mentioned before that when somebody gets saved in Cuba, they become the ambassador for their street. And their responsibility is to win their neighborhood for the Lord. Hey, looking out one for another. Jesus looked out one for another. The deacons waited on tables. They were focused on others. Tabitha, what did she do in the book of Acts? She made coats for the widows. She made dinner for someone, right? She made coats for others. She went out of her way to help. We need to take a sincere interest in others' lives. The Bible says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let someone else do all the talking. Sometimes people have a burden and they need to talk about their loved ones being sick. And, and then as we listen and let them talk, boy, sometimes it, the door opens for salvation. Let, let others listen. It says in Hebrews 13 verse 2 that we're not to be forgetful to entertain strangers. For some thereby have entertained angels unaware. Help someone that cannot do anything for you. Uh, think about that reality. Boy, God looks down and says, hey, uh, show me your faith by your works. Right? We're saved. How are we proving it to this world? And that way we prove it is by, hey, being out there and being available and being accessible. And that's exactly where the Lord Jesus Christ was at. Uh, he says in verse number 10, But when his brethren were gone up, then went he up also unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. I wonder this morning, is your life defined by 
humility? Is it defined by humility? And boys, there's one thing that you can say about the Lord Jesus Christ, no doubt about it. He was an individual that had a meek and lowly spirit and he was willing to serve one another. Next few weeks, we're going to look at not only Jesus Christ, his divine ministry of humility, uh, but the next week, we're going to look at his preaching. And our ministry needs to be Bible and preaching. And boy, just some thoughts I had today based on Christ's ministry. It was focused. And let me say, church, I thank God for our humble spirit here. I thank God for the servant spirit we have. Listen, we need to have that humble spirit and serve one another and serve the Lord together. Hope that's challenged you this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, help us to serve one another. Help us to love you. Lord, help us be humble of mind. Lord, I pray that, that it wouldn't be all about us. Lord, I pray that it would be all about you. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And just one more to stand, have a time of invitation. But I wonder how many this morning would say, Pastor, you know, God's used his word this morning in my life. I, I know I'm saved. I, 